time, Dada. <laughs> Hi, buddy. What are you doing? You need to climb up there? You might. Okay, go for it. We're doing a podcast, Indy. And you have the distinct honor of having to balance out Paul and I on this one microphone. Oh, God. <laughs> Today on the Geek Out Podcast, will ChatGPT kill Google? We have full Across the Spider-Verse trailer. Wonder Woman 3 won't be happening. And we speed round the game rewards. Nerdy is the new sexy. Let's go to Big The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast. This is episode 218. We record this on the morning of Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. R.I.P. Art and Brian for this week. Well, I'm Paul Pacino. No, Paul, you can't talk. I'm not going to let you talk at all. I'm just going to interrupt you. I am so angry. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. No. Oh, it happened. I was sharing a mic this week. I don't care about your platitudes. I just need to yell at you for telling me that I interrupt people. How dare. I was on Pirates of the Caribbean having a wonderful time, and then I thought of you. I thought of you because of the Pirates of the Caribbean. The prophecy was fulfilled. And I was like, that man <laughs> thinks that I am interrupting people, yes. and I am not okay with this. <laughs> and then you had to wait weeks to come and rebut. So many weeks, and I was in that podcast. And so, so here's what I got to oh, say, man. because I've had lots of weeks to think about this now. Oh, boy. So I do sometimes interrupt art. So oh. I apologize Just to art. you, Art, because art... <sighs> takes a really long time to say things. He speaks very slowly, and my mind <laughs> works way ahead of his point. And so I get my mind, yes. it's like, I know where you're going with this, and I interrupt him, and sure. Art, I apologize to you. Brian, sometimes I'll step on his jokes because he's so quick and I don't expect them. Uh, so apologize I, I to I agree Brian. there. Brian, yeah, does have zippy-zippy timing, and sometimes if we're not ready for it, mm-hmm. yeah, we can accidentally step and on And then him. quite frequently I will interrupt Bud because... I think he wants to move us on to the next topic. I generally do. But sometimes he does want to actually talk about the topic we're talking about. Sometimes, yeah. And so apologies to you, Webmeister Butt. Okay. So but you- Pablo Cino! <laughs> you, will not, you will not stop talking unless somebody interrupts you. That is not the case. Yes, it is. It's like you continue speaking on a topic until you, it is absolutely done unless somebody puts in another word. Or if I don't speak, or if anyone doesn't speak, no one can say anything because you will not stop Mm -hmm. until somebody, you are confident that somebody else has a point to say. And here's the interesting thing about the interruptee. So no apologies. The the interruptee twins this week, they're sharing a microphone because all three of us are in one room with two mics, but four people, I mean three people, three and a half people will get there. I think... Yeah, I know. I was going to say, I was really looking forward to this. I think we were, we were going to like be cheek to cheek the whole podcast, singing like we're a duet, like we're Chuck Berry and <laughs> B- John Lennon singing doo-wop songs, but instead they're going to scream at <laughs> to start the pod. But that is not the case. I have many and varied thoughts, but I am such a gracious, gracious co-host. How could you say this to me? What? I'm so gracious. You're Gracious? Yes, I always allow time for you all. Yeah. Well, let's do that. We only have about an hour left. So okay. <laughs> always want to make room. James, James. <laughs> Who you got with you, Kirsten James? 
Oh, my child is here. Hi, child. It's one of those situations where uh, a bunch of things happened and no one was to look after child. So child is in here, hopefully not unplugging the podcast. Here, that's, that's a great hope. There are some chords over there for him to play with, so that's oh pretty God. good. Yeah. This is his favorite thing right now. Hey, guys. No. No, he's he always like, gets shy. He's like a YouTube influencer. He says, hey, what's up, you guys? He, goes, <laughs> he just goes, Hey guys, I, I don't know why. I, honestly, I don't I know where that. he got it from either. Like Johnny and I are not like, "Hey guys, people," yeah. but like it's it, all of a sudden he started saying, "Hey guys," to everything. Hey guys, no, always nope. shy. Oh, shy. Uh, okay. So now there's three of us sharing a microphone <laughs> <laughs> this week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out. Uh, we talked about Chat GPT, which is two years and a day, two years, two weeks and a day old. It is a chatbot built on top of mm-hmm. GPT 3.5. And you may have heard about GPT 3 and how wonderful it is oh, at sure. writing things and sounding very human. Well, they've installed this chat module on top of an advanced version of the main AI. And it's out for public beta. So anybody can use it. Anybody can type anything into it. And anybody is and can be and has been get blown away by how fast and generally accurate this thing is with its answers. And it has a great asset in that it has been cut off from the internet at large, so it can't be taught to be racist like lots of previous uh, chatbots have it been. It can? It cannot. Oh. It's been cut off from the internet at large. Oh, it can't oh, browse okay, the web, good. right? Yeah, so it's, and it's also time-locked. So it mm-hmm. does, I, I believe 2021 was like the, the last of its current information. So, um, yeah, so it's a lot less chance of it, you know, spewing out racial epithets and, and things like that. Um, and yeah, so far it has been such a success that a Gmail engineer has predicted that within two years it could totally disrupt Google and their ad model. Wait, wow. th- is this the thing that like some engineer thought was actually alive, and he was like, "We we can't turn it off. It's alive. It's a real." A- is it this one? No, that was a that was a Google engineer. Um, OpenAI is the company that created the GPT, uh, you know, one, two, and three models, um, co-founded by Elon Musk, but he's been gone from the company since uh, for for a long time. But no, that's a that's a different one. Can you say more about how is it going to do that? How is it going to disrupt Google's ad model? I don't understand. Here's the thing. You type in, you know, what – give, give me a complicated Google. Hot babes. That's what <laughs> I usually like to Google. <laughs> so, like, you type in square root of 2150 kind of thing, okay. and Google can give you that answer. But also this AI can give you that answer. And the thing is <laughs> – Sometimes the AI's answers are much better than Google's, right? Mm-hmm. They're asking, you can't ask Google to write you a marketing pitch, but GPT-3 can certainly do that. Wow. Um, to a certain extent, maybe Google can write a poem for funsies, but GPT is three, uh, you know, chat GPT is all in on this. And so the, the thought is that if... This chat is opened up, A, to the fire hose of the internet so it can get current information, and B, still locked off from being influenced by a stupid human so it doesn't Mm. turn racist. It can churn out results as good or better than Google, and if Google doesn't have the search results page, there goes its ad money. Right. Because that's where all the ads are shown is within the search results. So that's probably where this all is coming from. Well, great. That would be great to knock Google off a few pegs, right? I would be okay with that, too. Wouldn't you just? Yeah, that would be totally fine. Um, Also, the hot babes thing... I don't Google hot babes, but we have a friend who does. He's, he One time he called me and he says, hey, have you ever Googled hot babes? And this wasn't when we were 17. Oh, 
going to say, that seems so pedestrian and teenager. Okay. But he said, it's a great thing to Google hot babes. And we were in our mid, mid thirties. And anyways, I just loved also. And then everybody for the first time in their lives Googled hot babes. The word hot babes. And then I just love also Kirsten's laugh at that. When I suggested hot babes, you should hear yourself. You were squatting on the floor with your child. And you're like. So you had a cigar in your mouth. Oh, jeez. All right. Coming soon. We have just three trailers, but the first one is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This will be in theaters June 2023. Of course, the Sony production, you know, with, you know, in association with Marvel. And looks just as cool and just as good as... The uh, Into the Spider-Verse. And this one starts, you know, pretty sentimentally and very sweet and everything. And then kaboomy, there goes the action for the last, you know, third of the trailer. I haven't seen the trailer. Oh, oh I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Give me this. This is a great looking trailer. And not only is it great looking, but it it's it's like inventive and it really is. It like flies in the face of general trailer conventions. Did you find that, bud? I did, yeah. Like, there was some, just the way things were caught. Like, the last third. The last third was pretty conventional trailer. Sure. But the first, yeah, it's like, it's just the mom talking, it's Miles' mom talking mm-hmm. to him. And it's it was, a, it was a nice recap of the first movie, but it was sweet. It was just yeah. sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just, as I'm watching it, I'm like, I feel like, and this is not like a bad thing, but I almost feel like I'm watching um, like a fan build edit of sure. this trailer because generally trailers just are like beat, 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 beat. Like they have such, yeah. they got it down to a science and an algorithm of like what a trailer should look like. And, you know, amateurs make it look anything different from that. And right. this was so different from that that I was like, who put this thing together? But I think that was done very intentionally to show that this is, you know, it's like you're you're sick of that. You've seen a thousand trailers And of it, it makes this one stand out. It makes it stand yeah. out. And yeah. this is the perfect type of movie and the perfect movie to do it. And I, I just thought it was so interesting. Um, and I can't wait for it, honestly. When I first saw Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse oh, in the theater. So good. Well, I was kind of just like. I, 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 oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I loved it from frame know. one. Oh, yeah. But on rewatch, when I had COVID, actually. Oh, sure. I was like, okay, I get the hype. I get it. This is a genius. And this is stunningly. The the, the visuals of this thing are like next level. So, so now I'm really excited to see what they do with it. And it looks great. It looks fun. It looks, I mean, like all the Spider-Mans. Yeah, all of them and more that we could ever dream of. Yeah, you just that was a big thing of this trailer is like they don't really narrow in on any handful of them too much aside from the ones that we already know and love from the first movie. Yeah. But you, you just saw so many different Spider-Mans. Yeah. And it was rad. It looked so good. So I'm I'm pumped. I can't wait for this movie. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be really good, a really good, worthy sequel. What do you got there? Platypus? Kristen's yeah. showing videos of their zoo trip. <laughs> what is that, a platypus? What's he platypusing around? Do you say, hey, guys, to the platypus? Hey, hey what's guys? up, you guys? <laughs> hey, guys. Next up, the three musketeers in French in two parts. Uh, part one, D'Artagnan, will be uh, Easter 2023, and part two, Milady Christmas 2023. And so, again, yeah, fully in French and action-packed, and Eva Green is Milady. Oh. And uh, she's cool. She can kick butt, but I think she might be more of a, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe more of a conniving character this uh this time around. Where is this coming? To the theaters. Oh! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. yeah! Love those theaters. Two parts in the theaters in France? It eh? does. Say, well, and see, that's probably why, right? It's not like a Western-released movie. 
Um, you know, so the French were able to, French constrained a little less by the, uh, the, the Western U.S. way of making movies. And you can't put out two movies in one year, but mm. they can. Nice. Yeah, are you a fan of that? Yeah, I love The Three Musketeers. Like, I, well, not famously, <laughs> I really would like to name a child D'Artagnan, but ah! nobody will let me. I think D'Artagnan. Oh, uh, could have been you. But I really think they're like, that's such a nerdy name. But I freaking love D'Artagnan. I think that that is an awesome, awesome name. And um, he likes it, too. There you go. You can be called D'Artagnan now. Um, And I was a big fan of, like, uh, what was it? What was the Three Musketeers movie that they made in the 90s with, like, Christian Slater? Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio? No, that's The Man in the Iron Mask, which Uh I also really like. Okay. It's the same thing, right? Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I love love The Three Musketeers. Okay, cool. It was originally a French Book? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay, so then give it to me then. Good. Let's quit remaking things forever just with, you know, new different cast or whatever, or like whoever today's version of Leonardo DiCaprio is. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're going to make it like really something cool and different and to put it in the original language. Great. And in two parts and fantastic. I'll go watch it in French all day long. That sounds great to me. What would you call the kid like around the house? Darty? Dart? I don't know. Yeah, maybe Dart. Like that's a kind of a weird nickname, but yeah, Dart. Oh, yeah. How do you nickname D'Artagnan? Art, art, I guess. But I already know an art. <laughs> yeah, and he's okay to interrupt because he's so slow. <laughs> That's not what I meant. That is my own personal problem. My brain is too fast for him. <laughs> <laughs> Finally and coming soon, White House Plumbers. This will be an HBO miniseries in March 2023 with uh, Woody Harrelson and that other guy whose name just escaped me as I was uh, saying Woody Harrelson. But uh, Paul, tell us more. All I want to watch is HBO shows anymore. I brought this to the cue sheet and this is all I will bring to y'all. It's all I care about. After the White Lotus and everything else that I watch, everything is HBO. I'm going to cancel Netflix. I'm going to cancel everything except for HBO. I'm like an old motel with a big sign out front. We have HBO. Okay? That's seriously. Like this movie or this series looks incredible. Uh, It's about the uh, Watergate scandal from I guess the perspective of the guys who did it. Yeah. And looks unreal. Like, it just looks so good. And it's it's something, I mean, it's a part of history that's, you know, pretty famously documented in various, you know, uh, medias and whatever. I mean, for crying out loud, it's part in Forrest Gump, right? But I think this miniseries that's going to delve into it a little deeper and this political intrigue I think is really rife. I think the Trump years in the last little while has kind of rekindle our interest in scandal and corruption. Definitely. And so I think it's it's a prime time to do it, and uh, I'm interested. And Woody Harrelson rules. He absolutely rules. Can I swear in front of him, or yeah, I don't want to? Fine. No, I'm not going to. As soon as he was in your womb, I quit swearing around you. It's You shouldn't swear in front of children. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> All right, now we're going to speed round... The Game Awards, which aired last Thursday, and there is a crap ton of stuff, so I'm just going to go over it because some of it is absolutely amazing. Hades 2. This will be coming to Steam and Epic Games, and probably more later on, but in early access for 2023. This appears to be a prequel to the original game, which I put 350 hours into, and it looks like it's focusing on Melanoi, who is uh, the sister of Zagreus, and it looks like it'll be... Conquering the Titans beforehand, because Hades was set after the Titans. Wow, very cool. Now, I just want to say this before we get into the speed round. Yeah. 
Which we're already into. We just, uh, okay, sure. Uh, I don't want to get music for all of these different No, ones. I was playing, I was going to talk to you about that afterwards, were but yeah. you? Okay, so, so just everyone knows right now is playing Pac-Man music, okay? Beautiful. And my I'm just going to restart the Pac-Man. Don't every, restart it. Oh my God. it well, just like every time, because that we start a new topic, okay? okay? So just Pac-Man, right. Pac-Man, 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 Pac-Man. Perfect. Pac-Man for the Super Mario Brothers movie. I might we, use this one. I, okay, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, you already have this one. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a nice clip, a nice long clip, which was made up of clips that we saw last week from uh, from uh, D- Dutch and Spanish Spanish TV commercials. So now we have that fully in English, a whole scene in the in the mushrooms, uh, Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, again, that movie will come in, coming to theaters April 7th. Now, Kirsten, uh, Happy to have you here because you weren't here for all of the drama where Brian and I were fighting about Chris Pratt, and this seems like a reasonable opportunity to bring it up. I don't think it is. Uh, what was your what was your take? His speed round is going really well. Right, it always yeah. is. <laughs> um, I liked his. I thought his "Let's Go" was was pretty good. Thank you, thank you. So um, did I. I was like, okay, like I can see now why someone was like he practiced for hours for the <laughs> Not wrong. Um, and then the other, what was the other iconic one that he said? Wahoo! And I was like. Like, okay, yeah, sure, cute. Um, So... And I don't know. That one I was taken up in the moment with the Mario Kart and the Rainbow Road and all the cars. I yeah. thought that was fantastic. So. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm coming around to the idea of nice. it. And I was, I think, I forget who said it, but most bumped by Princess Peach's voice. Oh, I was yeah. like, yeah. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I, I didn't love it. Like, I obviously like that, you know, she's like a little bit of a badass. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't, I don't know. I like it when it's a little bit more like, I like, I'm Princess Peach. I like it more <laughs> like that. You can still yeah. be a badass with a voice like that. Yeah, anyway. yeah that's true. I'm coming around to it more. Ooh. Yeah, no, I am. Wow, I, I keep seeing more and more clips, and they're clearly being so wildly strategic with what clips they put out. Oh, definitely. Like, I, I'll say it again. For a Super Mario Brothers movie, we have heard every other character talk more yeah. than Super Mario. Yeah. And so it's. I find that so interesting, so strategic. But I think they're doing a good job on me. Good. I think the marketing is working where I'm just like, Enough to get me in the theater and not be mad about it. Yeah, good. I, I, and I have to respect, as much as I don't love this piece of casting, I do respect the job, it seems, that he's doing with it good. right now. That's my hope is that, yeah, it would, you would soften on it because, yeah, it is an easy thing to sort of knee-jerk and like, what? Yeah. They chose him? Yeah. But yeah, I think he's doing okay with it. I am, uh, me too. And so that's it. So I don't have a hatred for the man. Interesting. Okay. As much anymore. Yeah. All right, next up in the speed round, here's the Pac-Man music for Star Wars Jedi colon Survivor. This will be PS5 exclusive, March 17th, 2023. You can't even get those things. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, because you have a PS4, right? Are you fucking kidding me? Nobody can get PS5 still. I got one. They don't. I got one last year. From how? I got one from the ra- for the radio station. Oh, for the radio station as a prize. That's oh, right. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. but oh, still, yeah, I abused my power and I got it. Yeah. <sighs> I just I don't have the money in this economy. Abuse your power. Just wait. It's going to get worse. Oh no! Horizon Forbidden West: Colon Burning Shores, obviously a PS5 to start exclusive, April nineteenth, twenty twenty three. This will be set in Los Angeles. More Horizon. Oh, just you wait. Um, This will be Horizon: Call of the Mountain. This is a VR title. So it. The 550 United States dollars PlayStation VR 2, which will only work with PS5, and Horizon Call of the Mountain will be a launch title when the system drops on February 22nd, 2023. Staying with 
VR, but slightly more uh, accessible, Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord. So again, for PSVR 2, but also for MetaQuest sometime in 2023. Next up... Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. They, that's, fun, that's funny. They refer to these as being part of the Arkhamverse. So this will be a game with Suicide Squad coming up May 26, 2023 for PS5, Xbox X and S, and PCs. And it will be Kevin Conroy's last role Aww. as Batman. Nice. Yeah, very nice. But stop making Arkhamverse a thing. It's not a thing. I know. It's totally not a thing, isn't it? Diablo 4. Oh! Only got a cinematic for this, but oh my googly, it looks incredible. June 6, 2023, PS5! Yeah, but nobody wants to play Diablo on a fucking console. I suppose not, eh? Also, Xbox X and S and PC. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could, but I mean, it would be a nightmare. They've probably redesigned it as a better console experience now. (laughs) Here's a Diablo loyalist right here. Well, I mean, that's a PC. I mean, I know it is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But you can't in 2022. You got to make it accessible to everybody. Next up, DS2 Death Stranding 2. This is the working title. It is in development and so far just for PS5. Death Stranding of course, the crazy Hideo Kojima uh, game with uh, Norman Reedus in it and babies in uh, bubbly water backpacks and things that rain that makes you age. Uh, Quite incredible, quite incredible. Uh, Dune Awakening, this will be an open world MMO. It's only in pre-alpha, so totally in development. PS5, Xbox, X and S and PC. Hellboy Web of Weird, a very cool looking stylized roguelike. This this be actually for Switch, PS4 and 5, Xbox One, X and S and PC. It is in development. And finally, no, no, not finally, Tekken 8 for PS5, Xbox, X and S and PC in development. It looks like they're trying to get a story going for the Tekken franchise, which is funny. Uh, Other little bits of news, The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt is getting a next-gen update for PS5 and Xbox Series X and S and high-end PCs, so not the Switch, I'm afraid, but the original came out in 2015. Oh, my gosh. And uh, the update is coming December 14th with ray tracing and faster loading. Uh, and finally, I have to talk about crime boss Rocky City. I don't know if that's how you say it. It's set in 90s Florida. It's coming out March 28th, 2023, and it stars Michael Madsen, Whoa. Kim Basinger, hey. Damon Poitier, uh-huh. Danny, Tra- <laughs> Danny Trejo, uh, Danny Glover, Woo. Michael Rooker, Neat. Vanilla Ice, what? and Chuck Norris. Uh, <laughs> Chuck Norris is bad. He took all his good will with that like meme about him, and then yeah, he was yeah. just like, I love my guns, and, I'm, I'm, <laughs> and I don't like people. Um, so, But wow, 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 what a cast. What is this supposed to be? Some kind of like uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto? I think like, so, yeah. Just a silly sort of, yeah. Again, yeah. set in 90s Florida. So. Yeah, stacked. So I am mad about all this PS5 shit. I mean, it makes sense. Like, how old is this console now? Like, three? The PS5? Yeah. yeah. Three years, four years old? Like, so it makes sense that they're phasing out the yeah, PS4 stuff. Yeah, I suppose. But how easy has it been to get one in those years of, you know, uh, its existence? Yeah, not. And also, uh, they're still too expensive. 2019, and yeah. And I want to play these games. How much is the PS5? Oh, they're probably like $600. Many hundreds of dollars, oh yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I think your base model, you're paying five or six uh, Canadian. Can um, you break the radio station if he touches this? Yes. Okay. Yeah, don't, don't let him touch that one. Oh yeah, that's that's going that's go can we just lock that one? <laughs> give him Sorry. a give him a keyboard. I'm not sure it's a yeah, he can totally break the decision. Geek News Proper <laughs>
You're talking about indie, by the way, breaking the radio station, not, not Paul. definitely Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give him a keyboard. So the 2023 Golden Globes nominations have come out. Angela Bassett has a nod in there. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of these, but... For Black Panther? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, best motion picture drama, Avatar The Way of Water. It's and not Top even out yet. Yeah, wait a minute. Well, you can't nominate that. Yeah, no, no, no. That's not how it's supposed to work. Yeah, I have to see the movie first. <laughs> That's outrageous. It wow, comes out guys. next week, right? Yeah. I, but that's not how it's supposed to work, right? Like, that's why, or is that, is it different in movies than it is in, in, in music? Because in music, it's like, it's got to come out before this date for the thing the year before. Oh, yeah, for the Grammys, yeah. They've, they've but got I, the Oscars, certainly. But, oh, let's not forget, this is the Golden Globes. These are these fast and loose. Aren't the Golden Globes the bad ones? <laughs> yeah, this is the... the this is the way they had form. quite a travesty yeah, but, last year, definitely. Oh, so they're just doing anything they can here <laughs> to be like, don't remember how last year we had this in the basement of a hotel in New Jersey. That's Remember that's legitimately what it was? Yeah. I don't think they aired it either. Did no, they? Yeah. they live tweeted oh, yeah, the awards ceremony. So bad, it was, they couldn't. Yeah, because there were so many horrible scandals to do with the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Why are they're we covering this? They're trying to reboot again. You know, <laughs> best motion picture musical or comedy. Wait, uh, can you go back and do the dramas again, nice and slow? I'm not going to read all of them. I was just I just read the Avatar, The Way of Water, and Top Gun Maverick are within you know best picture, okay, I'll read best the motion other picture ones, drama. <clears throat> Elvis. What do we think about that? Wait, wait, wait we're going to read all of it. We don't have time for this. The Fablemans. Oh my God. Never heard of all. No, I've heard of the Fablemans. What's Tar? Oh, it's got an. It's got an. And then Top Gun. Now, okay, these are supposed to be the precursors to the Oscars, okay. right? Like yeah. the drama movies, at least. Are we really to believe that Top Gun Maverick is going to be up for an Oscar? Along with Avatar. Like, is that how crummy movies were this year? I know that you go... I went to a movie last night, and I looked at listings, and it was like, Top Gun Maverick is still in the theaters. That's a fun, fun, fun movie. But are you joking my ass? <laughs> it's still worth the cellulite... What are they put? Celluloid? To, to play Top Gun? It's been out for seven months. Oh, my God. Has it? Wow. That's ridiculous. Something like that. Something yeah. close to it. Like, Jeez. what the... And now it's going up for a Golden Globe for a drama? Really? I don't know. To me, it's just in like a fun popcorn flick. Is it really that good? I don't know. And then Avatar? Are we to believe <laughs> that this freaking puppet show is going to be a... Oscar or Golden Globe nominated movie? Have you seen the pre... The pre-release, whatever they're called, reviews? reviews? They're all pretty dang good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're all pretty dang deep in old James Cameron's pockets is what they are. Hey-oh. Uh, we'll see oh what you God. say after you see the movie. There's no way this movie's going to be good. Uh, we'll see. Anyways, all the Golden Globe nominations you can find in our show notes. Do you think it might be good? On... That's what the internet tells me. Can you tell? Can you can we look at the the uh, comedy ones there? But we got time. What do you want to be? God, we got so much. There's nothing left. We're just gonna talk about White Lotus after this. We get so much time to go through these a little bit slower here. Okay, where's the? This is what I do, Kirsten. I make time. I you make, make room for time. Things. Oh my God, <laughs> give space. Best motion picture, musical or comedy. <laughs> Go on. Uh, Babylon, the Banshees right, let's of Inisherin. Nice and slow. Babylon's not out yet. Once, Glass Onion, Alive's Out Mystery, and Triangle of Sadness. Neither is the Glass Onion. Oh, Glass Onion's Babylon, yeah, I saw a trailer for Babylon last night, actually, and, oh, it looks really great. It's got Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie in it, and they're, like, in Hollywood in, like, I think the, the 20s or 30s, and it's, like, big swing in Hollywood action. It looked very fun. What's next? Uh, best motion picture, non-English. No, no. Com- oh, oh. Movie. The Banshees <laughs> of Inisherin. 
Never heard of it. Okay. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, boy. There we go. Right. Now, now out on Prime Video, if you didn't see it in the theaters. Glass Onion, and Knives Out Mystery. Oh, haven't seen it. And Triangle of Sadness. Haven't seen it because it's on <laughs> stupid stinking ass Max. Oh, Netflix. It's your call. All right, then. Paul making time and space for people. Right, there we go. Now we get to move on to (laughs) Wonder Woman 3 from Patty Jenkins, apparently not moving forward uh, because we have DC Studios now with uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran under David Zaslav. And, yeah, it looks like Wonder Woman is just not part of their future plans anymore. I read a tweet, I think, from James Gunn just because people were coming at him for this about not being released and how dare they take it off. And I wish I had it in front of me what he said, but he was like, we're not just like cutting things willy nilly. Like we're really trying to like revitalize this universe. And like, this is just not on the the pathway or I don't know. Do you have the tweet? What he said? I'm looking for it. Oh, is this the Wonder Woman one? Yeah. Yeah. No, not that one. But everybody, I don't know, man. Like everyone goes crazy for these Wonder Woman films and they're not that great. They're not that great. They've got... They got good bones to them, but, like, that first one, like, really fails and falters in the third act. Yeah, it's bad. Um, the second one drags too much. It's like the second they, one's a nightmare. It's they, such a mess. They think so highly of themselves, and they're just not that great. No, 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 no. Although this first month at DC has been fruitful, says James Gunn, building the next 10 years of story takes time, and we're still just oh, beginning. Yuck. I'm going to have to be dealing with this universe for 10 years? Gun. <laughs> this gun, phase, gun. probably. Oh, I hate it so much. Um, yeah, I agree. The last Wonder Woman movie was so bad. It's the best of the DC movies, but it's it's just like a little plorp of poop on top of a big pile of poop. Mm. It's bad. It's not It's not good. As much as we love, I do appreciate Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. That's the bones you're talking about, right? Like, Performance, pretty good. Yeah, she's uh, great. Casting is always good and fun. There are moments in that first movie, you know, it's like in the wartime stuff, which are pretty sweet. There's that scene where they infiltrate, like, a fancy party. That's kind of in a castle. That's kind of a fun moment in that. But, like, no, generally they're they're not very good, except for that theme song. My God. Yeah. And, like, Patty Jenkins, like, it's cool, like, He's just throwing my phone all over the he's place. He's throwing your phone, yeah, Kirsten. Like he's he's lifting it and throwing it. I know. And he's saying gat and he's throwing your phone. Yeah, I know. You're Let's okay put that with in a that? Commercial for the iPhone. Oh my god. Oh my <laughs> so god. Strong. Just let him do what he wants right okay. now. All right. Alone. That's really <laughs> wigging me out, but okay, if you say um, so. Um I tried to give him other things, and he just wants to throw my phone on the floor. That's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I mean like I love that they have like a female director for this. Like I love all the like a lot sure. of things about it, but they just like weren't Great movies and like, did we need a third one? It's not like it's not like we needed a third one. We no. don't need no, no, absolutely not. Well, it'll be interesting though to think about this in context of like, all right, well, this is gun just taking control of things and putting it in new directions. And so, so this like you know, let's not all cry for this iteration of Wonder Woman. There may be a future for this character and even with this actress. It just is not going to be in the casing of Wonder Woman 3. Yeah. Continuing on the the, the trilogy. The grand tradition right? of Wonder Woman movies. Yeah, that we've had for two now that were, <laughs> uh, let's, I'm going to say it's w- one third of one movie was decent. Put together. You know what I mean? Yeah, or two thirds. Uh, yeah. So, 
Oh, man. Zavlav's a mess, right? Like, I know we said his joke, his, his name funny because it was kind of a fun name to say, but I think he's, like, uh, now generally kind of regarded as kind of a sloppy guy. At least they're doing something about this. At least they're doing something about the DC universe and like, okay, we need to have somebody in here. We need to have somebody in control. Mm-hmm. We need to have like a sh- like a, a it's not a showrunner. It's like a movie runner. Yeah. Um, yeah, like they need to have their Feige, which is funnily what they actually said, which is weird. Yeah. Um. So at least they're trying to do something, right? Yeah. And I want to. I think Brian, if he was here right now, he would say that James Gunn is the guy to do it. Based on his pedigree with Guardians and what he did with the Infinity Saga, Mm. right? Because he chimed in there, made it pretty good. And then also Brian, just such a huge proponent for uh, Peacemaker. Yeah. Where he really got to like flex and do whatever he wanted for a whole series, right? And and he just swears and swears and swears by it. So I think if Brian were here, he would say that this is not a misstep or a stumble. This is... All signs point to a bright future for the DCEU under the helm of James Gunn. So let's put that out there as well on behalf of Brian. Yeah, let's see how it goes. You know, this is one title that they are not moving forward with right now. Yeah. And I think that, like, DC characters, like, traditionally are sometimes the stronger characters and better characters. And DC has always put out great, like, television shows and, like, the cartoons and like, it's sad that we can't enjoy both of these huge comic Giants movies, mm, and yeah. that we have to constantly be comparing Marvel and DC and Marvel oh DC God, and what they're day. doing. Yeah, um, and it's just like, sorry, DC, you just have not hit it yet, and I don't know why, but you haven't. And so, but yeah. now they have a James Gunn on their team, yeah. so here's hoping. I mean, honestly, competition is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're on to reviews and recommendations, starting with Gizmodo's review of Avatar: The Way of Water, and in their opening paragraph. They come up with a great fact. James Cameron, um, you know, he did the sequel to Alien called Aliens, arguably the best one in the series. Terminator 2, Judgment Day, arguably the best one in the series. Um, And so here's Avatar The Way of Water. They say, and guess what? It delivers. Uh, It expands and improves upon the original in almost every way. It's enthralling, exhilarating, and emotional story of a family in peril with the most advanced digital effects in the history of cinema. Is it a little bit overindulgent? Maybe too drawn out at times? Sure. But the scope, ambition, and heart of the film more than make up for any of its flaws. And this is not the first positive review we're seeing about this next Avatar. So... I yeah, I I am. Na- okay. I mean, I guess this is why exactly why they let early reviews come out because There's like stuff in his mouth. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> 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 um, because like I was like uh, Avatar, whatever, right? Like we've been crapping on this forever. Uh, but then I saw these and I was like, okay, maybe two tickets, please. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe not ten quite yet, but maybe <laughs> two tickets, please. And another. Um, article that I saw that really interests me is um, I've, I, I'm surprised it wasn't on Gizmodo was um, about how this is the first high frame rate movie that uh, has actually worked and looked incredible. Oh so, good because those things normally do not work on my brain. Yeah so like of course The Hobbit very famously was Ugh. released um, in a high frame rate and I loved it just because um, you know I, I have a high frame rate TV and I was like used to it but it looks, like, too realistic for people. Like, it's the difference between, like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, a lot of the time it's, like, if you're watching regular TV and then a British show comes on and you're like, why right. does the British show look so weird? Yeah. 
And it's because they've had to, like, not transpose isn't the right word, but they've had to take the frame rate for British television and put it here. And now, now that is not what high frame rate is. It's not, like, British frame rate. No, but that's kind of an example. And also but the difference between yeah. TV and movies, because for the longest time, TV seemed clearer at its 29.97 f- uh, frames per second. And then movies always had this sort of blur to them because they were only 24 mm. frames per second. Now we're running things at 120 frames per second on YouTube, you know. 120? Um, 60, sorry. Yeah. Um, hertz. Yeah, Hertz. hertz. You're thinking, yeah. Uh, yeah, 60 frames per second, uh, on, up, you know, up to including YouTube. So, yeah, people, I think, are getting more used to that. But it is it is a bit of a bump if that kind of thing is what your brain pays attention to because not everybody's brain pays attention to that. So what I read that James Cameron did, which is really interesting, is like he was talking to, oh, my gosh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, it's somebody else that tried to release a high frame rate movie recently. And uh, James Cameron was like, no, that's ridiculous. It's a tool, not a format, which I thought was very interesting. neat. Okay. And so what he has used it for in Avatar is the action scenes because that high frame rate makes everything look so smooth and clear. That's so cool. And so he's used it there, but to not bump you between like the action scenes using this high frame rate and the ones not, um, they, I don't know. I, I read it and I didn't really understand what he was trying to say. And maybe I'll have to say, see the movie. Um, but there's something that he does that he's he's not using the high frame rate anymore, but he's doing something else. So are you reading it? So Here's it the quote. Your brain? Here's the quote. We're using high frame rate to improve the 3D where we want a heightened sense of presence, such as underwater in some of the flying scenes. For shots of just people standing around talking, high frame rate works against us because it creates a kind of hyper-realism in scenes that are more mundane, more normal, and sometimes we just need that cinematic feeling of 24 frames per second. Can theaters support variable frame rates switching back and forth between 24 and 48? No. No. So they just run the whole thing at 48, and the filmmakers double the frames when they want it to be 24. Oh, there we go. That is a totally brilliant hack. Uh, He says we're essentially using a simple hack to use the high frame rate platform that already exists only when they want it. That's awesome. Oh, that makes sense. Thank you for explaining that. That's great. And that is the cool thing about James Cameron. Again, as much as we go on about this Avatar movie, like Mm -hmm. when it came out... It was like a, an achievement in filmmaking. Like everyone was like, holy crap, you need to go see this movie. And and that is the thing with him is he will always wait for the technology to be there. He is a really innovative filmmaker. He's doing oh. things like this. And so I'm very interested to see this movie and what it, it looks like because I think... You know, that that James Cameron, we forget, is this, yes. Dude is a visionary. Like, and he's so involved with these films, and he knows exactly what he's going for. And you're right, he waits for the technology to catch up to his ideas. Um, yeah, I have huge respect for the guy, um, especially from the Terminator franchise. All right, so we're all going to see this stinking Avatar movie uh-huh. then? Uh-huh. Are we doing do a pod, pod date movie cast? Uh-huh. Yeah, let's yeah, do it. Let's do it. I'll be down my pen. <laughs> next okay. next up we have a review of Violet Knight from Zoner Bryce who says oh nice hey guys hey guys hey guys He's not going to say it. Uh, Hey, guys, it's been a while, but here's my review of Violent Night. This movie is exactly what I wanted it to be, and um, more it is now one of my favorite all-time Christmas movies. Wow. David Harbour was born to play Santa Claus. (laughs) Oh, and look, Zoner Bryce spelled it correctly without the E. I curse you, Disney, for making people spell it incorrectly. Cubs. 
Klaus. Exactly. German name Klaus. Uh, I also really like this whole movie. was pretty much all original stuff with a little dash of our, our uh, rated R Home Alone thrown into the mix mm. and a bit of Die Hard sprinkled in as well. Mm. The kills were some of the most creative I've seen in a movie for a while. Wow. It's also very funny with a lot of jokes thrown in the mix. Overall, a very good movie. I highly recommend seeing this in theaters this Christmas and will definitely be a day one add to my Blu-ray collection. That's a huge uh, wow. reco. Yeah, wow. And I also just wanted to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Cheers, Zoner Bryce. Thank you, Zoner Bryce. That's amazing. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I love that. Wow. Interesting. I actually pitched Violent Night uh, as a date last night. <laughs> no, thank <laughs> you. Pitched you pitched some interesting things, Paul. Yeah, I was like, let's, let's go see Violent Night. Yeah. And, um, and you, I, funny, that got shot down, did it? It got shot down. Ah, funny. So I wish I would have had your review just a minute earlier. You could have <laughs> read it out loud verbatim, and your date would have been like, yes, this person that listens to Bud's podcast. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. stop. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but now I really want to see it. So Yeah, yeah I do, too. Paul, please tell us about The Menu. So instead, I saw The Menu. and Oh, you just saw this last night? Yeah. Oh, great. I never even heard of this movie. I know. I'd never even heard of it I either. I think we talked about it. I think there was a trailer, or maybe I just saw it. Uh, like, I'm, I've am i seen a trailer, at least. Maybe it didn't come through the Geek Pod, but like Ray Fiennes and um, Angie Taylor-Joy yeah, and some other guy. Yes, yeah, the cast is quite stacked. It's got uh, yeah Ray Fiennes as this chef. Yes, chef. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. Is in it as like really the hero of the whole thing. Holt, what's his name? Uh, something Holt. I think he's in X Men movies. Yes. Oh yeah, he played um, Beast. Uh, yeah. Hank. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's young. Right. Hank. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in it. Uh, John Leguizamo is in it. Oh wow, I missed that. Yeah. Um, oh my God, you know who's in it? I was. I thought. I thought about it and thought about it during the movie, and I was like, "There's no way that's her," but it is Judith Light from. Who's the boss? Right. Uh, wow. Who plays Angela? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. You're right. That's crazy. Yeah. And she's very good in it. And yeah. I don't think I've seen her in anything since Who's the Boss. No. But she's perfect in this movie. She doesn't have a big role or anything, but she's in it and she's wonderful. <sighs> That's cool. So, anyways, the movie is good. It's so the the premise is that uh, all these very rich people go to this private island, to this restaurant that exists. The, the whole island exists just to pop, pump, pump up this restaurant with this like world-renowned celebrity chef. Thousands of dollars per plate kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you go there and you uh, eat the food. And, <laughs> and the chef is there and you can, it's all open kitchen and he's like introducing every dish and it's like very pretentious. It's a very like classic, really highfalutin tasting menu situation, right? Yeah. The twist is with this movie is that the chef has gone nuts mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. has lost love for his art and so has gathered this particular group of people to kill them. Ah, uh, yes. All right. Perfect. And, and himself and all the very dedicated staff workers who work at the restaurant. That's and the plot. This was my question. Is how long are these loyal staffers who are all yelling, yes, chef, in unison, going to stay under his thumb before they rebel and or get killed? Well, well that's it. That's it. The, these these staff are so committed to this guy. Oh, my God. That they are, you know, seemingly, they're in it till the very end. Oh, wow. Um, so, it's a pretty good movie. It's like, it's very weird. There's a lot of, like, odd kind of thematic choices because it's, it's dark, obviously, but it's certainly not a horror. There are, like, kind of, you know, like, um, you know, some violence happens, but yeah. it's not gory at all, mm -hmm. so it's not like that. It it doesn't have the tone 
or anything of like an A24 because I kind of walked into it being like, oh, this is kind of going to be like a little midsummery. I think. That's the feel I get from the trailer. But it wasn't at all. It was like kind of way more light and funny and dark humor. Wow, okay. Um, and overall, I would say, though, the interesting thing about it was that I think I'm just too spoiled by White Lotus. Oh, sure. I think it wanted to make a similar message and point Mm -hmm. as the White Lotus. Mm -hmm. You know, something about class, something about service versus, you know, the upper crust and the upper class and how they exist and, and, and people's effect on each other, kind of an upstairs, downstairs thing, right? Um, but I think it just, in the way that White Lotus did it so beautifully in season one, this movie kind of was a little ham-fisted. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But a great flick nonetheless, and, you know, totally worth your time, and it was really nice to sit in a theater and touch a leg and watch it. I liked it. Cue the music! We are on to our last review and recommendation of this podcast. It is the ending of the White Lotus season two. Last three episodes, really. Last three episodes, yeah. We really haven't had a chance to talk too much about it in the meantime. And oh my stars, uh, what an ending. Um, I'm trying to remember what I said Mm. about who would get killed because Art seems to think that I predicted who got killed. Um, And I'm not sure if that was my prediction. Maybe it was. Um, I I just plum have forgotten what I said now. Um, But if I got it, oh yeah, but if I got it right, then... um, Belief, bully and, and caboose for me. I'll let me um well let me just yeah, let's let's talk a little more generally and then we'll get to that big spoiler because right. I think you do deserve a big caboose for that, but or art seems to think you do. So yeah. What do we all think of the ending? The last three episodes as like one let's let's talk about them as like a big one M episode ending. What was the vibe? What how do you feel about it? I honestly I think the last episode itself had a different vibe because it was like everybody's last day at the resort. Yeah. And so I think the story was still on an ascendant uh in those, you know, third to last and second to last and then you're in your denouement um for the very final episode. Yeah. Uh so I don't see it as a full unit. I still see that things were happening mm-hmm. in episodes I think it's 5 and 6 uh before the uh, last one episode 7. Um and I just it it was just continued to be this this great development and, and so much mystery for me. So much like, oh, yeah. what is happening? I yeah. need to know kind of thing. Uh, Kirsten, general thoughts before we get really into spoilers? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know what you guys said. I just thought that it was really good and uh, it was interesting. Like this whole series, I guess, was all about like sex uh-huh. and, and uh, like uh, the what that means to different people and... Yeah. Uh, um, I thought that that was very interesting. Sex and money. And money, yeah. Yeah, very much those are, like, the two overriding themes of this season, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like, like, the last season had more to do with money and privilege. Did you watch that little thing with the creator? No. Oh, Because that's exactly what he says, yes. Oh, wow. That's exactly what he says. He says that season one was all about money and season two all about sex. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So you picked up on that. without I, I, He had to tell me it for me to know it, but that's exactly... Oh, you don't got to tell me about sex things. <laughs> <sighs> so, Moving yeah, on. I'll agree, too, that it's like... It was a phenomenal watch. It was, uh, like, I'm so sad it's over. I said it about season one, that it's the TV show that makes me mad at other TV for even existing, <laughs> like, trying to, like, yeah. do the same thing. It's so head and shoulders above everything else, I think, on TV right now. And um, I think all the performances were, like, so good. It's, hey, everyone, remember that thing I say 
about how scarcity makes things precious. This show, I think I enjoy so much because I know I'm not going to get season two with Michael Imperioli again as this character, Dominic, right, even right. though I loved him in this. Of course. Uh, okay. So maybe let's <laughs> pump the brakes on Indiana Jones six and a half. <laughs> Starring Reboot and someone else now plays Indiana Jones. Yeah, but you are going to get season three with somebody probably from season two. <laughs> and that's okay. You can continue on, but it can't be the same thing over and over and over again. When it gets, when it's similar quality, similar storytelling, and it just is different and better and goes in different directions, tells different stories, quits just running over the wheels again and again and again, that's when things get really good creatively. Yeah. Okay, well, tell me about Indiana Jones. What character repeats in Indiana Jones that you can tell me about? <laughs> oh, I'm Indiana Jones. Here's my whip and here's my hat and here's this crazy that's thing I gotta get. There's this, th- op- oh this thing God, I gotta get. I hope it doesn't melt anyone's face. Oh, it did. Yeah, but it's Indiana Jones. It's like you said, it's the one thing, and then everybody else revolves around him, and it's a different thing. Oh, I'm White Lotus. Oh, I'm, I'm one person. Oh, there's a bad thing about society that I'm going to talk about. It's either going to be money or sex or I don't know. What's the next season going to be about? Here comes a chase scene again. Here comes a bad guy. Here comes a Nazi. Here comes a Russian person. That's the same thing. Same, 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 same. Oh, no, there's a body. Whose body is it? Let's watch eight episodes to find out who died. Wow, you guys. This is incredible. Please stop. I oh, like my God. Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> you made my child cry. Oh no! <laughs> no, but um, he's nodding. He's agreeing with me. So I agree with me too, Indy. And oh my God, <laughs> I just think it's wonderful in that way. I just, I just love it. I think it was so good. I think, I think, um, and clearly it's resonating too. Like that's the whole big thing right now is that this show is being memed like crazy. This show is being memed like shows that have been out for 10 and 15 and 20 years get memed. Sure. Right? Like it takes that long, you know, for that many moments and whatever. But it's hitting so hard with so many people. The music and people are dancing to it on TikTok and everything and then memeing um, Tanya. Like it's hitting and that's why. It's because it's so fresh and so creative even though it, yeah, is familiar in some ways and carries along themes from season one. Yeah. I hope we get season three, and that'll be that. We are. It's renewed. But that's what I mean. Oh, like, oh, and then and then it's over. And it's just like a trilogy of se- of seasons, and that's the White Logos legacy, and that's it. I think that'd be pretty smart. Yeah. Yep. All right. Spoiler time. Spoiler! I'm right here. Spoiler! Thank you. Oh well, I guess this could be an spoiler. Um, but I just have to say, like, and I know everybody's saying it, but um, Jennifer Coolidge, holy shit, is just. So Phenomenal. good, yeah. and her physical comedy is so well done. And there's one line she delivers that uh, she says in the last episode, and I'm like, honestly, no other actor could say this and make it funny. It would just be so bad. And it's the one where she was like, well, he's kind of was fucking his uncle or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> just so nonchalant. And I was just like, she just said it. Like, I was like, no, nobody else could have pulled that off the no. way that she said no. that line. Yes, yes. It was so good and, like, so kudos to her. So now we can get into spoilers. Uh, okay, bud. But okay. <laughs> I think you may have called it. I think you did. And I think we disagreed last week and you were like... Because you wanted Jennifer Coolidge to come back. 
I wanted her, I said it 40 times on Sunday to anyone I was talking to. I was so proud of myself for this line. Jennifer Coolidge simply cannot die. She is be the through thread through all these seasons. She is yeah. the White Lotus. I loved it. I loved it. I disagree with it, but I loved it. Yes. So I kind of have a prediction, but are you done? May I make sure I am not interrupting you? <laughs> That's um, so I still think that, yes, Paul, she's going to be the through thread. So that we know the next season is going to be in Asia somewhere. Awesome. And sorry, my child is like really starting to <laughs> be not happy to be locked in this room. Yeah, that's not your dad. <laughs> um, anyway, I th- so I think the next season is going to be in Asia. I think the character they're going to bring back is, um, what's her assistant's name? Portia. Portia, Portia yeah. because she's the only one that knows about the murder. That's right. She's the too. only one that uh, yep. she told that, oh, no, you know, I think Greg has done this. So I think, I don't know, maybe she's off living her life traveling like she said she wanted to do. Uh And I feel like, yes, the next season is going to have to do with Tanya. And, like, you are right that it is going to carry through. I wonder. Oh, no. Yeah, wait, right. uh, With the prenup. Anyways, I don't think we actually said it. Jennifer Coolidge's character, Tanya Quaid, um, is the one who died, but due to her own ineptitude. Yes. and yeah. and the thing the how it comes about is there's a prenup between her and Greg and that Greg left not as any sort of noble thing as we thought no he left to have Tanya taken in by these um, what do you call them Palermo gays as mm-hmm. the internet is calling them mm-hmm. um, who are act- actually like mobbed types and to kill her and so that he, Greg would get her money because if they divorce he gets nothing and i have to say paul was right on this paul caboose on this because yes, i was yes. team no greg is a nice guy he turned out to be a nice oh, guy i wanted to believe that the so whole much. time and right up until the end yeah i even when even when in the last episode she sees the photo of him yeah i was like well maybe they're just trying to blackmail her mm. um because this guy has been in love with greg forever right because oh. he tells the story about meeting this cowboy blah 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 um, but, uh, yeah, so Paul, you were absolutely right. Greg was a dick the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so way to go there. Uh, and, and I was shocked by that. As much as they set it up in the first two episodes, I was still shocked to learn that it was a murder plot by Greg to get money with the Palermo gays. Yeah. And holy shit, that scene, man, where she she kills them all. Oh, oh my God. Sorry. And it, that, again, is so perfectly Tanya McCoy, right? Like yeah. someone who is so useless at life things that <laughs> yes. she finds the gun and the knife and the rope and whatever that they were going to use and kind of kill her with. Yeah. And just like freaking blindly shoots through doors and through air and nails everybody. Yeah. yeah. What the hell? Like that was. And I'm going to hell. Let me tell you that, because at the moment of her death, I pushed back in my chair and I laughed. And I think maybe that was the intention, but it was just such an ending for her that I'm like, oh my God, you have got to be kidding me. That's actually kind of funny. I I don't think I laughed, but I'll be right there in that handbasket with you because I definitely made like a... Because, and and that's what's so genius, like, when it happened, I was, I was sad because I really did want her to be the White Lotus. Yeah. I think Kirsten's right. 
her legacy will continue on, but I I just wanted more Coolidge so sure, desperately. Sure. Oh, she's I so didn't good. I want her to be dead, but but that ending is so beautiful when I actually think about it. Yeah, like how yeah. Like, also, here's the thing: on a boat, there's not a lot of room to to miss. Actually, no, I know, and so that's why her managing it. Yeah. <laughs> So spectacularly! Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, and then, and then for her to die in such an ungraceful, hilarious, klutzy way—that's actually one of my biggest fears—is because I'm kind of a bit of a klutz in that way. Oh sure, is that I'll get myself into a situation where I'm like, oh, I can make this, and then I just like biff and darm it and yeah. farm it, and yeah, yeah, and absolutely die. So, so it kind of rang very true to me as well. And uh, please play this segment of the podcast back at my funeral when I fall <laughs> in two years from now. And die but um but yeah like i i I was so so character appropriate um and also and then like once you really think about it and the whole point of the entire series including season one and again like it took me watching a couple of mike white videos him kind of explaining what he was doing for me to really like appreciate the genius of it and for her to be this like it just it absolutely mirrors the classic Italian opera heroine who yeah. tragically dies, even though when you think at the last second, she's going to be the hero of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Like they went and saw that Madame Butterfly, Butterfly. thing yeah. and she like she that foreshadowing. Yeah. She died. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so good. Oh, the tarot card reader, though. Right. I know. I, oh, it's- now, I hate to admit it, but I read a listicle of the signs. Yeah. You know, Jennifer Coolidge's dress in the last episode is just like the dress from The Godfather from the lady oh. in the car that blows up. Right. Well, yeah. and apparently, who who is she trying to be? M- Mila Vititi or something? The, remember when she goes on right. the, and she's like, I wanted to be this. Apparently, one of her most famous scenes in a movie is her, like, getting a gun and killing all the mob members. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you remember the Peppa Pig line? Yes. Apparently, that was improvised by the actress. No Bless way. her. What was the line? Um, she's like, how do I look? And, 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 and um, what's it, Valentina, what's her name? Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, Valentina. She's like... Peppa Pig. (laughs) (laughs) But then she switches it to, I can't remember, an actor, an actress who is also dead. Yeah. But she's dead. A very famous Italian. Yeah, yeah. So there were signs. Yeah, of course. I'd like to go this, I feel like this season, I'd like to go rewatch more than the first season just because I feel like there was so many signs and so Mm -hmm. many set up and things like that. Agreed. And so to this one, I feel like deserves a rewatch. And so many great scenes. That scene with Harper and all the men creeping on her that Brian pointed out was a perfect homage to... Some other movie that I can't remember right now um, was brilliantly shot. Just like such a creepy, perfect, beautiful scene um, that was just like, what am I watching and why do I feel so weird right now, you know? I was away when you all talked about that episode, but... What was interesting to me is that I didn't go looking for deeper meaning in that because I know uh, from friends who have gone traveling in Italy, like beautiful women friends, that uh, that is what happens. Oh, my God. I'm serious. Like uh, my friend tells the story of of that exact thing happening to her. She found herself just being like like catcalled in a very like (laughs) – it's a funny story that we always talk about where (laughs) (laughs) these guys were like – Making this noise like, hey, like, oh my god, just trying to calling a cat, exactly, literally trying to get her attention. Yes, 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 and and like so many of them, and she found herself just like swimming through this sea of dudes of all ages trying to like leer and and hit on her. That's so that that's what I that's reminded me of. It's like oh, that's how it is there, I suppose, Um, in some kinds, some cases, but. 
But yeah, that was really beautiful. I think you're right about rewatchability. Um, let's talk about the other storyline about about Harper, Ethan, and all them. Daphne um, and Cameron. And yeah. Daphne and Cameron here. Um, so like Harper thinks Ethan is cheating on her. Harper ultimately gets kissed by Cameron. Ethan attacks Cameron. Daphne calms down Ethan somehow. And Harper. On a private island. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's right. And Harper kind of with the same advice. Yeah. Yeah, like Daphne, Daphne, like just turns out to be one of the most grounded characters of this fourple, which is ridiculous, but she is just accepting that people are going to do what they're going to do. A little mystery ain't so bad. Come and get your frustrations out on me, maybe. I don't know. We don't know what happens. But honestly, I came out of the last episode with a weird, unexpected respect for Daphne. Me too. Of it, all people. Daphne, it was so interesting because, you know, in any other show, if a character is like, and a mother, right? A mother of two children. That's right, too. Is, uh, just admits like, oh, I uh, don't care that my husband cheats on me. I cheat on him all the time. Our trainer. marriage yeah. is like actually good. Our trainer is the father actually of our two children. <laughs> yeah, right. You'd be like, what a monster. I hope she's the dead one, right? Like... <laughs> And instead, it, like, challenges us and our, you know, like, our societal norms to just be like, oh, who's the happy one here? Who's the grounded one? Who's the one who just goes through life not being upset about, you know, it's like appreciating what they have. A little ignorance for her is true bliss. But I don't think she's that ignorant. Like, she well, fully kind of knows I what's suppose going on. It's like intentional ignorance. She's leaning into it. Wait. The trainer is the father? When did that no, happen? No, I think I think he's just extrapolating. Oh, oh that yeah. is very well implied. What? Oh, so, really? Oh, yeah. So she's having that talk oh, with Harper, yeah. and she's like, uh, she's like, oh, I have this really hot trainer. They're talking about, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, my guys, they, they might cheat on me. Um, oh, I have this really hot trainer. I spend more time with him than I do with Cameron. Do you want to see a picture of him? He's got beautiful blonde hair and blue eyes. And she oh, here's a picture. right. Too. It's her kid. Oh, my God. You're Harper so right. totally misses it. She's like. I totally missed it. This oh is just a picture of your God. kids. And, and, then, and then Daphne's like, oh, is it? And like brushes it off. But she's essentially, she's telling her straight up. Wow. On on today.com, White Lotus Theory is Daphne's trainer, the father of her children. Oh, just But yeah, when you say it back, oh, this is just a picture of your kid. Oh my God. Yeah, like, why would that oh be? Oh my there? God. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it was a very interesting, like all the play between all of them. Do you guys think that Harper did something because Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza was like on a Seth Meyers interview and said what, what she feels and it's her character. So. What did she feel? So she said, yes, I think it went further. Um, mm-hmm. There was like, I think she said mouth stuff or something weird <laughs> like that. But she said like no penetration. So in her <laughs> mind, her character, yes, there was more, but there was no penetration. Yeah, I'm just looking at the timeline because Ethan once... Once he got accused, got real, like, oh, yeah. just up in his head. And I don't know that he would have given Harper more, any any time for anything more to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, he got real, like, But he paranoid. just, he was swimming, and they had, they had gone, right? Yeah, yeah, so, so I guess it doesn't, you don't know how long it would have taken. Yeah, sure, but, sure. uh, I mean, and that was a really interesting turn for him, like, going off into that island, and then there's all this, like, yeah. um... There's all this, if you go back and watch, there's all this, like, history about that island and who owned it and what happened on the island. So it's very interesting that, like, that's kind of, like, where they go to me or maybe not do something. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I liked how they just closed the story with um, the the uh, prostitutes, with him just like throwing an envelope at her and her being like, "Okay," and that was like that closed their story loop. Oh wait, there's yeah. we gotta talk about that story because there's there's huge things there, but. Oh yeah, I honestly I think we should leave uh, Mia and Lucy to to last. Yeah, because um, they're the last things we see, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the the Sicilians next, maybe. Well, just one more thing I'll say about the the, oh, yeah. the the four couple there, the two couples, is that I think it's really brilliant, and it's a similar thing too, because there's one bad guy, there's one Palermo gay who gets away. Yeah, and ne- is never resolved, and that's a very classic like. That happened a lot on The Sopranos. I was going to say mobster movie kind of thing. Someone would get away or something would be left, yeah. uh, you know, like ambivalent. Not ambivalent. Uh, what's that word? I Ambiguous. Ambiguous. Thank, Thank you, you, Kristen. Uh, every, and, and so same with like, we don't know what really happened between Harper and Cameron. We don't know what happened on that little island between Ethan and Daphne. Yeah. And that's the point. It doesn't matter what the what matters to the story and what matters to these characters is not these trysts that are, are so fleeting, but what happens as a result of them. And, and as a result of them, Ethan and Harper come right. back together real nice, mm-hmm. and then the four of them are all cheersing and great vacation, and maybe let's do it again at the end. And like, yeah. in the end... What a result. And that's, I think, really powerful, good storytelling. Okay, yeah. sorry. What Sicilians do you want to talk about? The, uh, with Michael Imperial. Oh, yes. And uh, F. Murray Abraham and, and Albie. I, I know some real names. I know some some character yeah. names. Um, but yeah, I mean, a couple episodes ago, we had the instance where Lucia was being followed by Alessio. And then they went off and tried to find their family. And boy, did that ever not work out. And... Then we got Albie asking his dad for 50,000 euros to get Lucia off the hook with Alessio. And that turns out to be the full-on whole season (laughs) catfish scam. And uh, bye. They have one more night together. Lucy disappears, um, says hi to Alessio, who's working at another hotel. He was in on it the whole time. Just cahoots, buddies, friends, maybe boyfriend. Maybe maybe not. And then, yeah, she and and Mia just off into the literal sunset. And they were, as one tweet I read, the winners of of the White Lotus season two. Absolutely, they were, and I'm so glad that that turned out to be the case for them. Yeah, uh, they were favorites, you know, from the first moment. Really. Oh, and also, They're so good. Mia got to play, got uh-huh. Giuseppe fired, um, got to loosen up uh, Valentina, mm-hmm. um, but then also sort of throw her away at the end by saying, "We need to get you a real lesbian." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, they uh, those two rode high the whole series. Yeah, it was kind of nice that. Um, you know, in the first season, it was so devastating that the like the working class people just oh, God. E- everything turned out bad for from them. episode one, right? Like, and that was the point of the entire show is that if you're rich, you will be fine. You no get away what, with it all. Yeah. You get away with it, and if you're working class, bad things happen and then compound yeah. bad things. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like just repercussions and and uh, um, um, the things that happen to you because they happen to you. Consequences. Thank you. Yep. Uh, don't matter, <laughs> you know, if you have enough money. Right. And, right. and so it was really lovely. There's a similar thing there that uh, the DeGrasso men, yeah, they're out 50,000 euros. So what is that? Something that's like 100 grand? Yeah. American? Yeah, probably yeah. like eight, at least 80. 80, yeah. 80, yeah. So, you know, to pay off and get scammed, but they get to go home. Albie gets Porsche's number. Yeah. The grandpa got aroused. Yep. So I guess that's good enough for him. And, um, and the dad... 
is going to ha- have a reconciliation with his wife. It looks like. Yeah. So happy ending for them. Sorry, my child is uh, turning into a demon, so we're going to leave. Kirsten.James. Um, but I'd like you guys at the end, if there's still time, mm-hmm. to talk about why you think it they took so long to kill um, Tanya. Like, why they didn't just do it when they got her. Uh, okay. Anyway. Oh, goodbye. okay. Sure. Okay. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Press child. Um. Hey, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. He's not saying it. He won't say it the whole time. It's just <laughs> kids, you're not going to perform for you. There's a banana for you, though. Yeah. That's ban- my banana. Share your, share your banana Aww. with your mom. Bye, precious loves. See you Bye. later. Bye, Andy, buddy. Bye. Yeah, so the Sicilians, you're right. Their story was wrapped up not too bad. Like, Albie learned a thing uh-huh. pretty pretty, pretty well. And the sweetest thing was that <laughs> Albie and uh, his dad, they meet up and they have each both done the things that they had promised to each other before, like, seeing yeah. if the other did that. Yeah. What a sweet, like that, I grab my heart. I'm like, oh, <laughs> really? I'm like, Paul Pacino, I'm like, <laughs> um, it's so funny because they were doing such dirtbag behavior. Oh my God, such weren't they? Goblin yeah. Things, yeah. Um, so it was a nice redemption. Yeah, yeah. So do they deserve that? Well, yeah, I guess they kind of do. They were, they're not monsters. They're just like, you know, they 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 just. They've- F. Murray Abraham aside, they both needed a bit of a, a kick. You know, they both yeah. needed a bit of a reality check. A bit of a they kind of they kind of maybe they needed to get scammed. You know, to just Albie certainly to grow up a little. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, I'm sorry, I do not remember his father's character's name, but Dominic, him, Dominic, to Dom, just get yeah. out of his head. You know, and 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 move forward and and yeah, work things out with his wife. And hopefully, hopefully that will be what happens. I don't know, but anyways. Um, and then for for um, Mia and Lucia to have that happy ending. Oh my god! Yeah, it was just incredible. The happiest of endings. It, it was so so wonderful. Um, okay, I don't think I have too much else to say. I, I just want to throw one other thing in, and that's yeah. Jack, the 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 nephew, quote yeah. unquote, like his his very sweet turnaround of dropping Portia off at the airport and saying, "Don't go back to the hotel. Just yeah. get out of this country." Um, very sweet, very good of him to recognize the goodness in Portia and not uh, do whatever it was that he was ordered to do, which was either keep her away or kill her. I'm not sure. I'm sure it was just keep her away. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, he was an interesting character too. He was, you know, he he shows up as this absolute just fuck boy, mm-hmm. just you know, flaky whatever. But yeah, his character then you know gets drunk and he admits that he's had some pretty dark past. And yeah, that, you know, he's and he's been following orders pretty well, basically. Yeah, and and having to you know just live this very weird life and do these bad like these things he clearly doesn't want to do, but he's, yeah, he feels so so for him to. Um, yeah, do do that. Yeah, that was like throwing his, the phone out the window and, and again setting her free yeah, away crazy. from harm. What a thing! Like, and I ha- I felt like an a, like a, a, an internal sigh of relief. Yeah. when he did that, and I'm like, oh my god, he's literally set her free. Yeah, and 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 uh, in a way, like has it out for her her well being and yeah. yeah. and helping her out, which it was kind of nice. It was kind of a, like an interesting redemptive arc. Every single character, no matter how they show up are not the surface. They're, yeah. they're shades of yeah. gray. They're very deep and very layered. And, you know, that's kind of a bit of a happy ending for him too because now Tanya blowing all these bad guys away, <laughs> you know, uh, he is free from them as well. Yes. And hopefully he Hugely. can carry on with his life and, and not have to do things he doesn't want to do He's anymore. He's a scumbag, yeah. Now, him saying that, that, that they may not, you know, don't they've spent all their money with their luxuries yeah. is the only thing that for me 
makes me pause when Kirsten says, why did they wait till the end? Because mm. generally my answer would be, obviously they waited till the end because this is a TV miniseries and you want to stretch it out as long <laughs> as you can. Right. Um, but she's right. Like, why draw it out so long? And maybe it was just to get her comfortable with Niccolo before he actually did the deed. Yes. Um, with that night of sex and drugs. Um, but you're right. That whole other day, why not just wake up tie her up, kidnap her, kill her kind of thing. Why give her all these opportunities to to find out what could be happening, especially if they're hemorrhaging money and how are they paying for it? Yeah. That is a good question. Narratively, obviously, but within the world, good question. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to have to chop it up to just... Chalk. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm going to chalk it up to... I think that, like, a murder plot is pretty delicate, and there's a lot of moving parts, and this was the plan they had, and maybe it was a, like, wait-for-nightfall thing, uh, big alibi action, you know what I mean? Sure, that that does work as well, yeah, alibis for... Because, right, of course, they're not expecting to get killed. Right, yeah, Greg had to fly back for work, that's his big alibi, right? Yeah. They, they even say that. Um, and, and so same with these guys. It's like it has to be plausible deniability where it's like, yeah, we were partying with her and, um, you know, she, then she asked to be taken back and so Niccolo did and then, oh my gosh, a big accident and she died or yeah, whatever. Whoopsie, whoopsie. Or, or Niccolo, who knows, right? He's just like, he's a mafia hitman and so... Yeah. Um, he was the one who was going to do the dirty deed, and he, you know, requested cover of night, and he was going to. That's a really good. That's a really good point. Yeah. Right. So, so that's that's the only thing. I mean, yeah, you're right. Why this? Why that? But I still think it makes sense um, narratively, and not just because they wanted to wait to the, the climax conclusion of the last episode. Yeah. You know, I think it, there's enough reasoning there that we, as non-hitmen, <laughs> right? You know, don't quite know. So bless you, Mike White. What an amazing series you made. Yeah. And we can't wait for season three, which was confirmed in the middle of season two. I love that. What could possibly be next? Uh, is it Last of Us? Uh, oh, in terms of like actual content coming up? Great question. We need a calendar. But I think Last of Us, yeah, that's, that is in January, mid-January. Yeah. So it's like I said before, I, all I want to watch is HBO. Mm. And so I, I just love that, you know, House of the Dragon kind of seamlessly went into White Lotus. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, what's my next Sunday night thing? HBO has just become such required viewing, that Sunday night tradition. I don't unwind unless HBO forces me down onto the couch Wow. to, 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 to watch that show. I that's wild, Paul. So, you know what I mean? So yeah, I've I really become dependent on <laughs> this very good content. I hope there's something. I think it might be Last of Us that's next. So Kirsten.James, uh, Paul Placino, where can we find you on the internet? Paul Placino. And I'm Webmeister Bud on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitch. This has been The Zone's Geek Up Podcast, episode 218, I think. I closed the cue sheet. What does the cue sheet say? 218? 218, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Chaos Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.